Hey friends, welcome back to Real Life, Real Talk, Real Coffee with me, Hannah, your host. I am so excited for you to get to sit down and hear my conversation with Melissa Dolman on fear and anxiety. It is so full of depth and knowledge about a topic that um, this really isn't spoken about. And I just value the truth that Melissa spoke into um, what a lot of people we know and love face. And I hope that you'll find it encouraging and um, comforting as well. So here we go. Well, Melissa, I'm really excited to hear more about your journey with fear and anxiety today. But before we dive into that, what is in your mug? What's your go-to coffee drink? Um, I have a vanilla latte with coconut milk, but really I like any kind of latte and then I'm dairy free. So coconut milk is my favorite. Have you ever had like the almond milk or the I do like almond milk, but I think it tastes like a little bit bitter. So I'm always go to coconut milk instead. I've also noticed sometimes I feel like it tastes burnt when they make a hot drink with almond. So coconut milk is a good (laughs) one. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are, what you do, who's in your family, just a little background on you. Um, so I am a teacher. That's what I do is for a profession. I, um, teach for Des Moines public schools and I, well, I teach reading recovery and then I'm an instructional coach. So that part of my job, I work with teachers. Um, I am a wife and a mother. So I've been married for 16 years, um, to my husband, Matt, who is also a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we have four kiddos. We have a freshman, a seventh grader, a third grader and a first grader, um, all going to school this year. And we live here in Adel. Um, and we've lived in Adel for about five years now. Yeah. Awesome. You also have a cute little dog now too. Oh, (laughs) yes. We got a dog this, uh, during quarantine. So we have a quarantine puppy (laughs) and her name's Leia. And, uh, yeah, we, we had a strong no on that for many years and the kids begged and we finally gave in. in. Yes. Well, she's adorable. So um, just to remind everybody what our series is that we're doing right now um, is on emotion. And it's kind of inspired by the movie Inside Out from Disney and Pixar. So each week we're talking about a different emotion. Last time we talked about joy and happiness with um, Janet and Kevin Hercock. Today, obviously, talking about fear and anxiety with Melissa. Next time will be anger. After that is sadness and grief. And then our last one is love and gratitude. Um, so let's just start off by defining what both of those things are. It's really kind of interesting to me to look into what definitions are and how that helps us understand the concept. So how would you define fear and how would you define anxiety or would you define them as the same thing or yeah? Well, I kind of, in order to prepare, I looked up the definitions just because I wanted to see if I thought that I like agreed with what a definition was. And so Yes, I agreed with the definition of fear because it said that it, when something is like dangerous mm-hmm. or a threat, um, I would agree with that. So fear being you're afraid because you sense danger. Okay. And then anxiety to be nervous or worry often about mostly future events that seem uncertain. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I would add to anxiety, it's wanting to know what's going to happen and wanting to have control oh, over yeah. what's going to happen. Um, so I think that they're slightly different. Um, yeah. yeah. And then 
it made me think like fear can be a good thing. Like there's in the Bible, of course, there's like the fear of God, which is Mm -hmm. more of a respect and an awe and a submission to God. And then there's fear that God gave us for a purpose. Like if something's on fire, I'm going to be afraid and back away from the fire. So like there is good fear that I think God put in us. But um, yeah, that line of when does fear become um, a problem or irrational? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I hadn't thought about the connection between anxiety and a desire for control. So that, that was a good connection. Um, so being a school counselor, um, I know that fear and anxiety can just look a hundred different ways for people, um, from person to person and even from situation to situation with the same person. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about your journey with anxiety, um, or fear and like when you first experienced it, maybe what triggers there are just a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, so I think that I've probably always struggled with anxiety to some degree, like even as a, um, teenager Mm -hmm. and a lot of the anxiety probably came from, um, things that I was dealing with as I was growing up, but I don't really feel like it became super problematic for me until I was, um, in my fourth pregnancy with, um, our last son, Tate. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, there were lots of things that I think put um, that anxiety over the edge. And I'm, I'm sure some of it was hormonal. Yeah. But um, I had my first panic attack. I'd never had a panic attack from anxiety before. When I was about six or seven months pregnant, um, we were getting ready to move houses. Um, I had just gone back to teaching in a classroom, teaching first grade after I had been a part-time reading teacher for many years. So everything was new as far as my job. Mm -hmm. I was very pregnant um, with a fourth baby, and we were moving um, to a new house. And so I just remember getting up that morning, and everything seemed so overwhelming. Yeah just too much. I just remember sitting down on the bed and all of a sudden I couldn't breathe and everything kind of started to like, the world kind of started to shift and wobble and I couldn't catch my breath. And, um, it was all I could do to call Matt and say, something is not right. Like I, I can't even call my principal. I need you to call in for me. Um, so that was kind of where I remember it becoming like a severe problem for me. Yeah. It's, I think one thing that is that I find interesting to help parents understand with students at school is that anxiety is more than just being stressed out or worried about something. It becomes like you're in, unable to do what you need to do. So that situation is just a, a good example of how um, just how anxiety can kind of rule your, your world. Yeah. I mean, and it's physical and I don't think yeah. people understand that. So something that rocked my world was I was like this can't be anxiety like there's no way so I would start to have not necessarily panic attacks but with anxiety a lot of people feel like their heart is racing and they like have like palpitations and my dad has um tachycardia so his heart beats too fast so I was like for sure I have it too yeah that's what's going on so I went to um a cardiologist and they set me up with a heart monitor and I think you wear it for like three days. And during that time I would have like the times where my heart would race and my palpitations and I didn't feel like there was anything causing it. And so I was like absolutely sure it was like physically my heart. And when the results came back and they're like, your heart was completely normal. I was like, what? No way. No way. Like I was sure because I could feel it in my body. 
So you're very right. Like it's anxiety, while it may start in our brains, um, it affects us physically. It and I think it's in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really weird for me when I learned that I was, I was like in shock that I could like cause you to feel the way that it causes you to feel. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I know it's different for many people, but what are some strategies that you found in your life to help combat that? For me, I think what I found is that the more that I read God's word continually, um, and the more that I would pray continually, it would come combat the anxiety if I was in the word reading daily, if I was mm-hmm. praying daily, I would, the anxiety wouldn't go away. It wouldn't just disappear. Right. It would still be there, but I was able to give it over to God in that mm-hmm. moment, in that day and, um, and just kind of rest in him and his assurance. But I also noticed on the opposite, if I would pull away from God and there were times where I would do that and I would try to overcome it on my own, mm-hmm. like from my own will. Um, it would just seem to get worse because I wasn't yeah. giving it uh, – there's the scripture that says cast your anxieties um, to God, and I wasn't casting them to mm-hmm. him. I was trying to deal with them on my own. Um, and then I would say another strategy would be um, I, sur- I surrounded myself with people who I knew I could share my struggles with. Yeah. Yeah, there was um, confidentiality there. I know they weren't going to go and gossip about me, but – We've been really lucky that um, before we even came to the church that we're currently at, um, in our previous church, we have always been surrounded by like a small group of people that we've met with weekly, and um, they've been able to like encourage us and pray yeah. for us. And so I do think that surrounding myself with people who I know love me and would pray for me mm-hmm. was super important. Um And I could honestly, like at times when I could hardly pray for myself, I knew they were praying and I could definitely feel their prayers. I was just going to ask you like how, if you've seen fruit of those relationships with your anxiety and how that's played out, but yes, for sure. Like you, I think sometimes with, um, anxiety and fear and even depression, like there would be times where maybe the anxiety would turn me towards depression. Yeah. I couldn't even pray sometimes in those moments, Uh but I knew there were people praying for me. And then I also knew like, um, I, I clung a lot to the scripture that says that the Holy spirit prays for us. Like he groans for us. And like, I would just like sit there and I would know like that the Holy spirit was praying whatever prayers I needed for me sometimes if I couldn't do it for myself. That's super comforting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I think something people struggle with a lot is not knowing what to pray. It might not be that you're in a spot where you don't feel like you can pray, um, but just not knowing where to start, I think that's a really comforting thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess I one more thing that I would say about that is that one thing that I think God really brought me to during the time of anxiety and fear was that I needed to spend time studying who God is. And so Mm. he brought me to this idea of like, I need to, I need to study his characteristics. And I think the reason that that was important was because the more that I could focus on who God is, the less that I would focus on myself. And, um, he also brought me to this place where he said, one of the things you need to know about me is my love for you. And that mm. seems really silly because it's what we hear from the time we're like a baby. Jesus yeah. loves you. But I kind of realized I was in a place where I didn't really fully understand or fully 
believe how much God loved me. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time like going to God's word to try to figure out what is this love that he has for me and then trying to figure out how I could like truly believe it at the core of who I was. Um, And it's kind of funny. I didn't even realize um, it until just recently why I think God was calling me to explore his love. And it actually came in a song that I heard. And the song says, um, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Yeah. And so I realized fear can't stand in love. And like love is the opposite of fear. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. So I was like, wow, God, I didn't even realize why you were like calling me to try to understand your love more. But now I see it. It's because my fear can't stand Mm -hmm. in your love if I'm focused on your love for me. Yeah. And just focusing on who God is and how he loves you it just helps your prior like set your sights and your priorities in any aspect in the right direction so that's awesome um so you've kind of touched a little bit on this but what are some ways that you've grown in your faith um through seasons of fear and anxiety how have you seen your relationship with god develop and grow through that yeah i would say that in those moments where Um, I've probably been struggling the most. Those for me are probably the moments that I grow the most in my relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it just makes me completely aware that I need him more than ever because there are problems that I cannot solve on my own. And I've tried it. I've tried it many times over, like to to will through it or to solve it on my own or to control Mm -hmm. because a big part of anxiety for me is controlling all the outcomes that may come. And then I've figured out over and over again that really he's the only answer to solve this struggle that I have with anxiety. So I think that it's grown my my relationship with him every time because I just, I cling to his word and I cling to prayer and I cling to worship a lot too. So uh, yeah, for me, worship is huge. And just, again, it's another instance where you're focusing on who God is and making God big, the big God that he is, and then you become small. Mm -hmm. And so worship was, um, I feel like I was able to worship him and and like have one of those closest times with him when I was struggling the most with my anxiety. Could you talk a little bit about just – I know from being friends with you that worship <laughs> music is important, not just like on Sunday mornings, but how do you, how do you do that in day to day, not just on Sundays? Yeah. Um, well, I listen to it. I make a rule cause I do like country music too, Yeah. <laughs> but I make a rule like that I'm going to listen to it every morning on the way to work. Cause mm-hmm. I have a 30 minute commute yeah. and, um, Really, it's just another way of if I've read the Bible and I've prayed, it's another way for me just to spend time with God. And song worship is huge to me. I don't know. I feel like God speaks to me a lot through um, songs. And then I make it a part of my day of if there's a song that is speaking to my heart, just making sure that I keep that there and play it again if I need to. And it made me think of like in some of the hardest moments that I had, I can still remember certain songs that I would like put on repeat like one of them was um matt mayor lord i need you and Mm. the lyrics are like lord i need you every hour i need you you're my one defense my righteousness and like i still remember like when that song would come on like how i would feel connected to god yeah 
And there's many songs throughout my journey where I can like still pinpoint them. So I don't know. For me, it's just if you're not a person who listens to worship music, maybe try it. Like yeah. try it and see. Try it for a certain – give yourself a certain parameter. Like I'm going to listen to it for 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I think you'll find that God may even speak to you through the songs that you would never expect it. Yeah. You were the first person that um, brought Waymaker to my world. So <laughs> that was that was cool. Um, what advice do you have for um, just people in your life that are facing anxiety or struggling, maybe people that are listening that are struggling with anxiety on their own, I guess? Yeah. Um, the music was a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I think like if you don't, listen to worship music, that would be a great start is to try to find some songs that are speaking to your heart mm -hmm. right now. Um, I would think also just know that even if you feel like completely alone, like you don't feel like I had talked about, we have always had a small group or I of course have my husband, yeah. but like if you feel completely al alone, I think the first thing is to know like you're not alone because no matter what, Jesus is there yeah. with you and he's walking with you and he will never forsake you no matter what if Clean you to that truth yeah, yeah. if you know yeah. him like, he will never forsake you so i think that just knowing you're not alone in it mm -hmm. um and then if you are a person who doesn't feel like you have those people in your life um maybe beginning to pray about that or try to seek people out because yeah. i do think it's really important like to be able plugged in with a small group or yeah if you can yeah. get plugged in with a small group if you can go to a women's group, if yeah. you're a woman, whatever it is that could help you try to find, it doesn't have to be a lot of people. It could just mm -hmm. be one or two people, but somebody that you can just kind of share your struggles with. And then I think you have to take a step and be willing to be vulnerable and mm. share it because I think key, too yeah. often, yeah, too often we're, we try to hide it and we try to push it down because it yeah. doesn't seem godly and it doesn't seem like if you are a follower, you should be struggling with these things. Yeah. You should you should be joy filled. So I think though, hiding it, hiding anything, right? You just push it down inside, and then it just starts to fester, and it eventually comes out worse than it was before. So yeah, yeah. So I would say those things, um, and then I would also say like sometimes you surround yourself with people who love you and are praying for you, and sometimes you've been in the Word and you've been praying. Um, and you're still struggling and like there is no shame in that. And we all know that there, there is, um, you know, a point where sometimes things become too much, even when you're trying to do all the things that I've talked about. And yeah. sometimes you need to go to a doctor. And I certainly had many conversations with yeah. my doctor about anxiety and sometimes you need to go to a counselor. Yeah. And yeah. there were also points in time where I definitely saw a counselor for a while. So I just think that there's no one answer, but one thing you shouldn't do is keep it all inside mm, and try to do good. it alone. Yeah. There's not like a one size fits all answer, but there is mm. a one size fits all of what not to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, how can those listening that maybe know someone who's struggling with anxiety or fear, how can we love them well? Um, I heard you say like having space where you could be vulnerable and that confidentiality was there um, was important. Were there any other things that you could think of for how people can be loved well through anxiety or fear? Yeah. Um, I think a big one would be being patient and just understanding that it's not something that like 
depression or anxiety or fear. It's not something that a person can just will themselves out of, especially in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I also think if you're somebody who walks beside somebody that struggles with um, anxiety or fear, just maybe trying to really study them and recognize when they're getting themselves um, in those moments and really think about what you're saying to them. Um, I kind of was thinking through like, well, what are things that people said to me that I felt unhelpful or what, what do people say to me that feels helpful? And I think like when a person is, um, very full of anxiety, like saying things like just breathe or calm down, they, it didn't actually like work well for me, but like, did you find that hurtful at all? Not necessarily hurtful, but it's just like, okay, well, yeah, I'm trying to calm down or I'm trying to breathe. You know, I, I, deep breaths. I can't, it's not helping. Yeah. Um, I do think that maybe the times where if somebody spoke something to me that it was the most helpful is when they actually spoke like God's truth to me, Mm -hmm. like, and said, your God is in control. God is sovereign. Um, You need to give this over to God. You need to trust God right now. I don't know. And not necessarily just that truth, but any truth that would come from the word was more helpful to me in the moment than just saying, calm down or breathe. Yeah. And not being afraid to speak truth to somebody who's Mm -hmm. in that moment, speak truth in love to them. Um, That's a key thing in love too. Yes. In love. It has to be from a place of love. Yeah. Um, What about for anybody listening that has kids that are struggling with anxiety or fear? Um, I don't know if that's something that you've experienced, but how you could, even with students, um, help them as they're like learning who they are and how to (laughs) handle all of their emotions, um, just parenting or working with kids through fear or anxiety. Yeah. I think that I haven't parenting through it. We've parented through it a little bit. Um, so two of our sons seem to struggle with a little bit more of anxiety, but it's Mm -hmm. kind of hidden. And so I think sometimes as a parent, it's recognizing first that some of their behaviors actually might be anxiety. And it took me a long time to recognize that, um, some of our children's behaviors of actually of like anger and outbursts Mm. were, I think more related to anxiety, kind of just talking through with them that I think giving them space, as we talked about earlier, that those emotions, like it's okay to feel anxious, but it's what do we do with it? And so like, I know there's been times where, and I don't do this well, but where we've stopped and we've said, well, let's just pray, like yeah. trying to set that, you know, that up for them. Like when we're worked up and we're in this moment, it's okay just to stop and whatever we're doing and yeah. just pray. Yeah. So I know we've done that. And again, I don't do it perfectly yeah. or well, but we've tried. And then recognizing that that's somewhat of their personality and that you may have to set things up in your house around that. So for one of our kids who struggles with it, it routines help because yeah. again, anxiety comes down to the, like wanting to know what's yeah. happening and that feeling of control. And so if anything is surprising or new, he doesn't like it and he yeah. gets very upset. And so recognizing that that's not just because he's not go with the flow, it's because he has some underlying anxiety there. Yeah. And so like understanding that routines and knowing ahead of time are actually important for him and surprises yeah. aren't good. But um, I don't know, thinking through at school, I was trying to think through, I think a big thing with anxiety is trying to get to like 
the why behind it, like, like the what trigger, the yeah, cause. the trigger, yeah. what need do you need? And so just with kids, like continually staying curious and like asking them questions and trying to have a conversation instead yeah. of just immediately going to like discipline or something like yes. that. Because often, as I said, in kids, I think it manifests itself yeah. in a lot of other ways, like anger, they're gonna act outbursts. Because out they don't know how to deal with how they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And so trying to stay curious and figure out what is it that's actually going on and have conversations about it. Yeah. No, that's super good. And I think one of the things that I took away from that most is it's really important to pay attention to triggers, not just for yourself, but for those around you. And how can you... I feel like the word mitigate has been used a lot lately, but how can you mitigate those things out of, um, how can you mitigate, like by having a routine that sets your kids up for better success if you know that's going to cause them anxiety or, yeah, that was, that was really good. Is there anything else that you want to add or any other thoughts you have? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm not... I'm- you shared a lot of really good things. Like, I can't think of it. <laughs> so at New Hope, our values are love, grow, and go. So loving others, growing in your faith, or going and serving. Where do you feel like God has you right now, or what's he kind of leading you to? It could be a combination. or Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been in a season where we've been really focused on how to, like, keep us afloat as far as our family because yeah. we're both working parents and that's been transitioning for me. back to school is crazy yes, <laughs> yes yes so this year's been difficult more difficult than other years but for a while we've been in this season where um I actually feel like we we both but me especially pulled back from from going from serving mm. um the lord in outwardly ways like outside of our family not yeah. saying that I'm not serving by by being a mom and being a school teacher because there is like service there but like as far as like going um in those ways I had kind of pulled back and so and a lot of it has to do with my anxiety and like that it would get to a point where things felt too overwhelming for Mm -hmm. me and I didn't know how to um you know make all the pieces fit together and so um I do feel like though it's been interesting because just recently God has been calling me more to like, okay, I'm like, Lord, I don't know what I need to do, but I do feel like I need to do something outside of our family. And, and I don't want it to be, um, nothing against Sunday school or anything like that. But I was like, that's where I'd always served is with kids. I'd always been in Sunday school, vacation Bible school. And I just didn't feel that same like calling. And Mm -hmm. part of it is like just feeling like I need to be and want to be with adults. And I, I had no idea. And then like, God has always put um, a jail ministry kind of on my heart. And one day I just randomly like spoke it out to Ryan, like um, our pastor at our church. And then like that's kind of um, progressed and we're looking at possibly hopefully getting like a jail ministry started. And so I am hopeful for being able to be a part of that. Yeah. So that's kind of an exciting thing to be able to like go, go in a new way um, for me than I've been doing before. Yeah, that's super awesome. And it'll be really cool to see what God does with that. So, well, I appreciate you doing this and I'm so thankful um, for you just taking the time to share a little bit about your journey. Thanks for having me. Yeah.